Teachers teach teaching. Dun 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 dun. Teachers teach teaching. Uh, welcome to I don't know what episode. I think this is episode six. Six. Episode six of Teachers Teach Teaching. And today we are going to talk about how to keep your morale up when you are teaching to a bunch of black squares. Yeah, I mean, it's a rough time, especially when you're teaching online and everybody just, you know, who knows if they're there or not. They might even mute. Um, but when you're the one who has to talk to all the squares, it's, it's tough. Um, so today we're going to go through a little bit of a mindset shift and then talk through four strategies that you can try to use uh, to engage your students. Yeah. So the first one I want to talk about is uh, reflecting on in-person meetings. So as we talk about mindset, it's always important and I always find it really helpful to like kind of put myself in that seat as a student. And so in-person meetings, think like in-service training, faculty meetings, um, and imagine a presenter that walks in and is like, good morning. And we all just sit there like, good morning. Um, so I can't hear you. And everybody rolls their eyes. It's like, good morning. Yep. And so we want you to remember that just uh, because a little bit of a mindset is thinking about what our students might be feeling and that we're just experiencing it in a different way because now it's visual and we have all the little black squares in front of us and uh, kind of challenge us in both ways of one, remembering we are not always so in enthusiastic when we're at in-person meetings. Um, so maybe when you're in the, your next in-person meeting, try to be a little bit more excited uh, now that you know how it feels, but also remembering that this is natural human behavior and taking some time to ask yourself, who are you doing it to? Yep. I mean, if you even think about faculty meetings or any all school meetings that you might be doing right now um, that are through Zoom, um, are all the teachers turning on their cameras and leaving them on the whole time? Or are people really taking their liberty of, you know, sort of protecting their space um, or not turning on that camera? Um, I think it's, we'll find that it's more common. Uh, and, and a lot of people are really uncomfortable with video meetings. It feels intrusive. It feels tough to kind of let your guard down and show your background. Um, you know, Amber and I obviously do a lot of video meetings, um, both for work and for personal. Um, and it, it gets easier as time goes on. It'll feel more natural. Um, I would say the other thing that we want to think about is like what specifically makes it hard? Um, like, do we have preconceived notions about the students who turn their cameras off? For example, they aren't listening to me. They probably aren't even in front of their computer. Maybe they are sleeping. Maybe they are outside playing. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that it's easier for us to believe the kind of these stories that we tell ourselves when we're teaching to a bunch of black squares. Um, so challenge what you're already thinking and also consider what your students are thinking. Um, so if a few students have their cameras on, that might start to catch on. So if you can cultivate this sort of safe space um, where kids do feel comfortable having their cameras on, um, you know, I think it's, uh, I think a lot about exactly what I would do in the classroom. Um, 
depending on what kind of students you're teaching, where you're teaching, um, I always made a point of it to never comment on students' appearance, uh, not on haircuts, not on clothing, um, because if I comment on one student's clothing, I might make another student feel like, um, same thing with backgrounds. If you don't comment on their background, like, oh, what do I see? I love your, you know, I love your living room. Um, we're unintentionally pointing students to look at each other's face. Um, and even just making that comment can help, you know, can really start to make students feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's really, really helpful to think about. Um, and then also thinking about how do you encourage those students that do choose to have their camera on? Um, and so there is uh, like peer pressure at its best right here. Cameras off are like the more powerful choice. And in many ways, a lot of times, like that's kind of the, the default that's set when students are joining that the camera's off. So they have to actually make the choice to turn it on. Um, and so I know that I've seen in my classes, students that join the call and their cameras on. And then once they notice other students don't have their camera on, they turn their camera off. Um, so trying to find ways of when they pop on and their cameras on, like I say their name, acknowledge them right away. I might say like, it's nice to see you. Um, and doing whatever you can to sort of uh, acknowledge that they have while not also being like, hey, everybody, Shannon has her camera on, because um, that might em embarrass the student. Uh, but I know every year, remembering that I teach online, whether uh, we're in a pandemic or not, um, I always have some students that really want to have their camera on and others that don't. And so um, sometimes it's also like, are we putting as much energy into having making the students that want to have their cameras on feel comfortable doing that as the amount of energy that we are putting into making up stories about the students that are choosing to have their cameras off. We can often just like get stuck on that negative and we're actually missing the ones that are like, I want my camera on. Like, I want you to see my face. I want to hold up my kitten. Um, I had a student that like would bring a chicken to all the class calls. And so like, we just talk about the chicken. Um, like, so I think that can be really helpful and it makes it more fun for you because you're spending more time kind of celebrating those that have um, turned it on. And I would say the other thing that I say, I don't even know how many times during every class call of like, I will ask a question and almost every time after I ask the question say, you are welcome to type your response in the chat, unmute yourself and speak turn your camera on and speak. So kind of like continuing to give those prompts and give permission. Um, and in those moments, the students that want to turn their camera on, they'll turn it on maybe just for like two minutes and it'll go back off, but you'll, you, you'll see some like popping on and off or like some will like unmute themselves and then like remute. Um, it's that like you have to keep on giving them permission and the invitation. Yep. Absolutely. I love that. I love that, like reiterating. <clears throat> That's like a common theme that we've talked about a lot in distance learning. It's, you know, reiterating expectations at the beginning of every class, reiterating the directions. And then, you know, again, reiterating, you know, unmute yourself, turn on your camera, type in the chat. Um, so as we're thinking about engagement and engaging students when you are teaching a bunch of black squares, 
Um, we've put together four strategies that we use in online teaching um, that are going to uh, allow you to engage your students, whether they have cameras on or cameras off. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, and I will say, I just like make it own kind of, I like personal challenges. Um, so I even try and think about so that it's sort of fun for me. Um, like each call, like what is one thing I'm gonna try? I might even pick out like one kid in my head that like, all right, like game on. Like I have 30 minutes to somehow get Shannon to engage. Like I don't care what it is. I just want some signal that she's actually there. Um, and that like, show an animal yes yes that that does help very very much um so that can be fun like i try and think of things also like uh what might keep me entertained of like all right i'm coming for you um so you can make a gamer challenge for yourself um you can also and as you're doing that then you have to reinforce it so if like if whatever they do, like they acknowledge that they are there and alive, like, hey, that was so like, great to see you drop that in the chat, Ben, like, really, really glad to see that reaction, Sally, like whatever, just acknowledging like that the little thing that they did, um, you see it and you appreciate it and like you have to make them feel like it was a success um because a lot of times there's a lot of vulnerability when we're asking them to show up um so it needs to be like whatever they did it was right and uh wonderful yep absolutely so the second strategy is to pull away from content um so as we're thinking about teaching and learning so much of what we're focused on, obviously, is the content that we're teaching. But if we're really aiming to increase engagement, you know, students don't come to school because they love adding. Like students don't come to school because, and you know, students come to school because they're required and their parents make them. And But for your students who maybe their parents don't make that, like students come to school for relationships for the people they care about. Um, that's what keeps students in school and keeps students learning. Um, so if you're having struggles with engagement, pull away from the content. It's not as important that I'm going to teach you, um, you know, the, the lesson objectives right now, but I want to know that you're still there. So like, um, <clears throat> would you like to see my cat or my bird? Drop an emoji in the chat. Um, you have one minute. I'm going to start talking about a review of your homework. Um, but now I've given you a chance to engage with me in a way that feels like low stakes. There's no pressure. There's no wrong answer. Um, it's allowing you to see me as a person. So we're starting to kind of build that relationship. Um, and I think you'll see that a lot of your students will respond there more. So we'll have higher levels of engagement there than we will if I'm asking like a really critical thinking question about the content. That's scary. Um, but this serves a few purposes. So if you can't get any responses and it's all black squares, away from content. Yeah. Um, the next one is giving choices. So as you know, when we talked about previously about synchronous learning, we believe that it should be interactive, not you lecturing, which means you need to give choices and you need to ask some questions. And um, this is also about how do you make it safe and you're trying to get everyone to engage, especially because a lot of students are going to choose the chat feature. So you're going to have to really 
do some serious wait time while they, while they type. Um, and so I like to do two levels of questions. Um, it's also a great way to do differentiation um, because you probably have some students in your class that are like, yeah, I'm so excited and I have so many ideas and I wanna learn more and others that are really cautious. And so this is a way to try and connect with both of them. So I give two levels of questions. One that is, uh, you know, higher order thinking, it's harder, you really have to understand the content more um, to be able to answer it. And then a second question that is related, but so much easier. Um, and we'll always tell the students, I'm giving you two questions. You can choose whichever one. Question number one is this. Question number two is this. You could also choose to answer both. Um, and then repeat the question a couple times, because remembering there's just like we do in the classroom. I think we forget about that when we're um, in class. Uh, if the question's a little harder, I may have slides up so they can see it written or I'm like, I'm going to drop the question in the chat, like if no one's responding to me. Um, assume that they need to hear it a couple times, but giving those two different levels um, really helps all the students feel like they have permission to, uh, to engage at a level of their understanding that feels safer for them. Yep, absolutely. And so as we're looking at sort of board strategy for encouraging engagement, um, look for ways to make it fun. So if you're really hoping that like, you know, let's be honest, it's very hard to teach and to keep engaged and like to feel good about teaching when you have 30, like just who knows if they're there or not. Like I want to say staring back at you, but nobody's staring back at you. <laughs> um, so if one of your goals is to try to get students to turn on their cameras, um, show them. Use a full lesson to show them how to change their Zoom backgrounds. Show them how to put on the Zoom filters. That's like a new update that Zoom has. They're super cool. You can put on a pirate eye patch or a party hat um, or, you know, like a flower on your head. Like, it's very cool. Um, and, and, you know, give them opportunities to, like, you know, share a picture of something they did to use an emoji rather than typing. Um, the more that we can kind of vary options, that we can keep it fun, keep it engaging, keep it light, um, it's, we're going to have a lot more success engaging students, making them want to come to class and want to stay in class, especially for your students who have free reign. So if you have them for 30 minutes and all they have to do is log into the class and you take attendance, you know, you want them to want to stay. And nobody wants to stay if it's not fun. <laughs> Uh, so there's a lot of pressure for teachers to really up their distance, their distance learning game of how to make it fun. And it doesn't always have to be like, you know, I've seen a lot of teachers doing like the noisemakers and the, you know, holding up the signs and yeah, you can totally do that. And it takes a lot of effort <laughs> and it takes a lot of preparation. Um, so look for those kind of engaging ways that you can still make things fun, keep kids engaged. Um, and still get your point across and your content across as well. Yeah. So as usual, we want you to take action. And so today our challenge is for you to reflect on uh, Zoom meetings that you've been in um, and think about what is one thing that made you want to engage in the meeting and how can you replicate that in your classroom? 
if you can't think of anything, then, then flip it. What are things that really made you want, made you feel comfortable disengaging? Um, and how can you kind of flip that in your classroom? And I would say like, it could be really interesting. Like this is your own social experiment. Like scroll, see how many people have their cameras on, see how many people maybe do have fake backgrounds. Um, and imagine all of those people are your, they're your students. Um, Cause they really, they really are your students. And then think about how you can take that and apply it to your class. That's right. So as always, make sure you um, subscribe to Teachers Teach Teaching, um, share with your friends. You can rate the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And we will talk to you next week for a little bit more about Teachers Teach Teaching.